Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business always. Love to talk to Lee Kaplan, and uh, he's with Smyther Kaplan of the Selco Law Firm, but he's also a candidate for Houston Mayor, which I'm delighted about because uh, I've been a long uh, fan of his work, his uh, political pundancy, and insight on politics and policy. And he talks a lot about that and continues to talk a lot about that here on our program. His uh, website is kaplanforhoustonmayor.com. Uh, Lee, a little bit more about what led you to being a candidate for mayor. I know you've had a lot to say about politics for a long time. Uh, I was delighted to see you take action simply because I know you're concerned. I know you're uh, passionate about these things. Well, you can only be uh, on the sidelines so long before you get restless. And uh, in my case, uh, um, making contributions occasionally and complaining about things struck me as inadequate. And so I looked into this. I talked to a lot of people who quite candidly were intrigued by the idea of my running. And and uh, so I decided to do it. And I've found that it's a lot of fun uh, to ask people what they care about, to assemble their views, and to distill that into a platform. So uh, I just think that, you know, being mayor of Houston is truly a nonpartisan job. Um, I don't know any Republicans or Democrats who want to be carjacked or flooded or have water that they need to boil or who want garbage that's not picked up. So uh, it seems to me that being a mayor should be a nonpartisan job, and uh, that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm working towards. Yeah, all right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think people should check out Kaplan for Mayor at Houston.com. We're going to talk a little bit about a national topic. We go all over the place. We have talked about international politics, national politics, local, including county and. Uh, uh, city as well as states. We, we we particularly spend time on Texas, but we're going to talk about what's going on on the uh, the national front. We now have uh, all of us constantly talking about 2024. You would think it was next year, uh, not uh, you know. When I say next year, I mean this year, uh, rather than next year when the election will take place. It's pretty much consuming the conversation. A lot of people doubted or wondered if uh, Trump would have competition, and, and it's yet to be determined whether or not it's serious, but you do have one announced uh, candidate, uh, Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina, former UN ambassador, and you have Tim Scott, who is on the brink of announcing. He's made it very clear. It's a question of when, not if, and he's the, uh, interestingly, U.S. senator from South Carolina. It seems like uh, South Carolina is the epicenter of uh, Republican politics. And then you got a plethora of other candidates who uh, are acting like they're going to run. Uh, and so it's an interesting landscape. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? And, of course, Donald Trump, the elephant in the room that no one can really forget. Well, you know, it's hard to predict things uh, essentially uh, a year and a half plus prior to the election. Uh, because as people may recall, Jeb Bush was the front runner 
some years ago when Trump became president, and uh, a lot of people discounted Trump's ability to run and catch the imagination. Now, of course, he got millions fewer votes the first time than his opponent, uh, um, Hillary Clinton, and nonetheless lost, uh, nonetheless won because of the Electoral College math. This time around, he got 7 million fewer votes than Biden and was beaten soundly. But you can't count anybody out. I personally discount the possibility of Trump getting the nomination. I think it's highly unlikely. Now, do I think there's somebody else who will be the nominee? Not not uh, focusing on any particular person. I think Nikki Haley is somewhat unlikely to be the nominee because the Republicans have shown a preference for more conventional candidates. And uh, mm-hmm. she's a possibility, but I wouldn't bet on her. I wouldn't bet on anybody right now because it's still early. You never know when there'll be some kind of uh press uh, uh something the press uh, jumps on that's considered to be a muff by a candidate uh you know i mean if you just had to vote right now or had to make a bet you'd probably bet on DeSantis but i don't because he comes from a big state he's well educated he's brought up issues that the republican base seems to care about and um Goodbye. therefore his chances might well be um, somewhere uh, between 10 and 40 percent. I just don't know. Um, it's way too early to say. I think we won't really have a, a picture of who the stronger candidates are until at least January of the coming year. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, and things could change depending on President Biden's health and what the perception is of how he's doing. Because if he's perceived to to be in poor health, then the Democrats might go with a younger person, which might make it easier for the Republicans to say they want somebody more experienced. And by that time, a guy like DeSantis will have had enough experience as governor that he may have an even better chance. I honestly just think it's unpredictable. We've seen too many people stumble along the way. Uh, in prior years, whether it was somebody like Muskie, uh, who famously uh, had tears in his eyes when the Manchester newspaper was unkind to him, um, to oh, people to like wife. Jeb. To his, yeah. to his lovely wife. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And so people yeah. just don't know. I mean, that's that's the kind of thing that, and of course, I wonder why. That doomed his chances because being emotional about somebody being unfair to your wife doesn't strike me as disqualifying anybody from being president. But uh, yeah, that's what somebody decided, and and ultimately that became the conventional wisdom. Similarly, Jeb Bush struck me as a pretty competent guy, and uh, he he flamed out or he fizzled out as a candidate. So. I, I just don't know. You don't know what the national mood is. You don't know what the mood is of a party. <clears throat> Whether they want fire and brimstone or they want competence. So, you know, it's just very hard to say what's going to happen right now. I would not dare to predict. If I were forced to
could predict, I'd say DeSantis, but that's just based on the fact yeah. that nobody else has really emerged yet. So I don't so, know. Yeah, there, there was a lot there. There's a lot there, uh, a lot to comment on, too. Uh, I think that right now you, you mentioned national, but this is really purely a local race to a certain extent, just echoing uh, Tip O'Neill, who said all politics is local. And, you know, and, and in this much, not so much geographically as it is party-wise, because the Republican Party, and I think, that, I mean, to a certain extent, the old-timers, the establishment crowd, certainly cares about what Democrats think to a certain extent, but they're not, they're not, the, they're not wagging the tail, if you will. It is these so-called independents, many of whom oddly voted for uh, Barack Obama and then turned around and voted for um, Donald Trump. In fact, I read over 20% of independents who voted for Trump also voted for Obama. It's like, really? Uh, they're, they're an odd group. And, but, uh, but I think, you know, when I look at the landscape, you know, I see a situation where Trump probably has a stranglehold on somewhere around 20 to 30% of uh, Republican voters, those who would vote Republican, and most many of them are so-called independents, um, probably close to the 30. And there is not another contender in the primaries who's even close to that. And so unless it looks really obvious that uh, Donald Trump is going to be in legal trouble and, and may be in a, a prison cell and not even able to serve as president of the United States, He'll continue to get momentum. You know, and I sit there and, and look at that. Not to win. I don't ever see him winning, <laughs> you know, the national election. But that, that doesn't have to happen. You know, think of how many losers got the nomination, you know. Uh, and almost everyone knew when they got the nomination they weren't going to win the uh, uh, election. But they, they went along with it anyway. I, I can easily see him be one of those as they drag their feet in the uh, in the process, I could literally see Donald Trump ending up in prison. To be honest with you, and they'll do it on things unrelated to his White House work, just because they don't want to look political and want to do it. The guy's accumulated so many problems, so many legal problems in a criminal perspective that again, he's just been accused. But there's plenty of low-hanging fruit for probable convictions. Yes, and I I just. I don't really, I personally don't believe that Trump will be renominated. After all, he lost, and he lost badly. And I think that the Republican establishment, which may have lost control of the party, will do everything they can to block him. And that uh, that leaves the the path open for somebody else. And maybe we haven't seen that person yet at all. Um I don't know. I mean, the Republicans have a very tough path to follow, kind of a twisting path to be successful. And I don't know. I mean, there's so many imponderables right now. Uh, but I think, hearkening back to your comment about people who voted for uh, Obama and then Trump, is there's a general disgust with politics, a feeling that people lie all the time, and a desire to have something new. And that's somewhat free of ideology, because both parties believe in certain entitlements. Neither party is willing to do anything to dampen uh, the increase in Social Security benefits. Neither party is really willing to take away Medicare benefits. 
So in that, they're aligned. And I, I think it'll be very difficult for somebody who's a true revolutionary to win in either party. But I also mm-hmm. think that people will convince themselves that somebody that they're supporting offers, quote-unquote, real change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of those candidates out there, see, I, I think more and more, unfortunately, there's no path for the Republican Party away from Trump that doesn't include another candidate that would would be considered considered very unconventional historically. I personally believe that. So in other words, uh, DeSantis is probably the closest thing this party can get to normal and get the people that that are hardcore Trump to get behind. They're not going to get behind someone like Tim Scott. In fact, I'm afraid many of them, those Republicans, are actually racist. Uh, I don't I don't go as to the far extreme that I hear from the largely woke population, but there's racists in the Republican Party. I, I believe that. Uh, I've seen that because I worked in that party for, for quite some time and had a blind, blind eye. Um, but uh, I don't. I think, and unfortunately, because I don't think DeSantis is a consensus candidate, I think he is divisive. I believe he's polarizing. Uh, but I'm afraid he may be the closest bridge to normal for the GOP to go through to get this, you know, this party healed. And to be a truly viable party again, I don't know. What's, what's your thoughts on on that landscape? I, I agree, and uh, I, I honestly don't feel that I could possibly handicap the twenty twenty four race because I don't know who the nominees will be on either side, and I don't know what will come up during the debates. Even if we only have one debate, there's a really good chance that somebody will say something that the national press will seize upon to doom or advance somebody's chances. So hard to say what's going to happen. Um, yeah. It's interesting to watch. I, I do wish I do wish that if they plan on doing criminal charges, which I can't imagine they're not, on Trump, they just kind of pick up the pace a little bit. Uh, because when I sit there and I look at it, you know, I'm, I'm surprised that uh, Republicans – I guess the reason why is again the GOP is a is a Trump personality cult largely still. This is why they don't do it. But when I look at the political landscape in uh, the last several years, Lee, what I see is Democrats funding the most extreme Republican candidates in addition to their own candidates to make sure those extreme Republican candidates get the Republican nomination, and uh, then uh, you know they're using to beat in November. We certainly saw a lot of that in 2022 midterm elections, you know, and I look at, uh, you know, just the repeated disasters that uh, Trump uh, made along the way, both politically and to some extent policy-wise. Not that all his policies were were bad, but those that were bad were were just offensive. You know, I look at that situation, and, and as long as Trump is in the political conversation, I think the biggest beneficiary of that is the Democratic Party. Well, it's hard to say. I I think you're right, but I actually believe that the Republicans uh, are are hungry enough for victory that they will cast Trump aside and he'll be rendered more irrelevant than he is now. And that's regardless of whether there's some indictment out of Georgia for whatever he tried to do. So I would not bet on the Democrats winning the 2024 election. 
I wouldn't bet on the Democrats holding the Senate. They've got a number of people who are very vulnerable, who won in 2018 in the anti-Trump wave and are now up for re-election in the Senate. So this looks to be a year in which uh, the Senate, uh, the Democrats will have an uphill battle, both in the Senate and in the presidency. And I guess we'll just find out. There are too many things that can happen in the next year and a half to sort of uh, guide the results of that election. Well, I did see Senator Alphonse, former Senator Alphonse D'Amato of New York, who was a huge Trump supporter in 2016 and 2020, say, it's done with Trump. He lost. He lost big. He had a devastating impact on Republican candidates. Time to count our losses. Time to move on. And he can afford to do that. He's not running for anything. And there's a lot of uh, Republican former office holders that carried weight, and it'd be nice to see more of them come out like the model did, because it's going to require that thing, type of thing to move them away from Trump, in my opinion. Final thoughts from you as we wrap it up. No, I just think this is about as, as uncertain a time in national politics as I've ever seen. And uh, um, so I think we'll just have to wait and see what happens in the next six months to a year. It'll be interesting. All right, Lee Kaplan, and always glad to have you on the program, Kaplan for HoustonMayor.com. I am Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business. More for you after this.